So I saw that a couple of people were doing a review on this, and I figured, why not do a review of my own? Now, I don't know if I have done one yet or anything. If not, consider this my first time reviewing it. But let's talk about the 1959 short, Really Sent. And this was one of the four final, as far as I know, final theatrical Pepe Le Pew cartoons. And it is definitely considered one of the best, if you will, one of the best. And why is it considered one of the best, if not the best? Mainly because it's got a good story behind it. Now, from what I've seen on my um, DVD, my compilation DVD that Warner Brothers put out, featuring all 17 of the shorts, Little Bo Pepe is the last one. And that one basically ends with Pepe basically being pursued by Penelope. Now, be that as it may, you know, even though that kind of ended on a good note in a way to where you can kind of have an idea that they ended up together after the pursuit ended, uh, basically Pepe getting a taste of his own medicine, if you will, really sent here was probably one of the best, like I said, out of these final four. And why? Because, like I said, it has a good story. Because the difference with this one, uh, when compared to the other Pepe Le Pew cartoons, is here, it doesn't start off with, you know, Pepe showing up or anything like that. It doesn't start off with him showing up, you know, just walking around. His stench is affecting everything. You know, people are reacting comedically and, you know, basically very gag, you know, very, you know, like I said, comedically and over-exaggerating and everything. It doesn't start like that. Instead, it starts with June Foray, the late June Foray, narrating on how uh, basically, you know, a couple of cats, a mom and a dad, are expecting kittens. Because it begins basically with, you know, um, basically a little tour of New Orleans, where it's located at. And we see this father cat just pacing up and down until you hear these little whines and everything. And he waltzes in, and the mother has just given birth. And one of the, as he's holding up the kittens and everything, he notices that one of them has a stripe like a skunk down down her back, you know. And being surprised by this, obviously the father, and by an extent a mother, you know, they realize that things it's going to make things a little difficult for her, if not extremely difficult for her uh, in the future, especially when it comes to, you know, going off on her own, starting a family and everything, you know, getting her, you know, basically having her own life. It's going to make things difficult because everybody will mistake her uh, for not being a cat, but, but, for, but for being a skunk. So what they fear basically, and it's not... You know, it's not really forecasted in a way to where, you know, you see the parents talking, you know, in a silent, mumbly kind of way, like, oh, this could happen, that could happen. No, you don't see that. Instead, you just see like a, you know, a transition to where the narrator is like, you know, acknowledging that this, 
I, I guess you could say this uh, surprise, you know, the surprise birth here uh, with this style, with this, you know, color, color, you know, color scheme that the girl that the girl cat has, but also playing off like eh, nothing could really happen from that, like nothing could really, you know, affect her. And you fast forward to uh, a year later, and you see that it does affect her. Because you see, her sisters, you know, are basically like the first two to go out, and both of them end up getting uh, mates. You know, the, the sisters, you know, go out first, and they both are finding, you know, they find true love. Basically, they waltz out, they sit right there, up comes a male cat, is walking by, sees them, goes and gets them, there you go, end of story. But for but for Faberette, which is Penelope's name in um, in this short, because um, at that time they were still kind of transitioning. Like, okay, do we just call it the Black Cat, or what do we give her? And they gave her a variety of names, from Faberette to Fifi to what they came up with at the end, Penelope, because she was called Penelope uh, by her owner in uh, Who Sent You. That that's, that was the name she was given, and that's the name that Warner Brothers decided to stick with later on. Now, getting back to the story, Faberette Penelope is the last one to come out to try to get somebody. And just when it looks like she's about, about to do it, she turns her back, and that scares off the potential suitor because he doesn't see what basically... Uh, you could tell just by, like I said, the, parent, the father's reaction at the beginning, basically what could be the, the holdback, the, I guess you could say the negative, if you will, of her uh, finding true love and finding happiness, you know, the stripe down her back, you know, causes to be the, you know, ends up ca- causing her from, or causes the male cat that was going to be potentially her suitor to just run away scared because it's like he doesn't see her as a cat, he sees her as a skunk. And it's like, that that's not good. Now, the way, now, here's what's interesting. Pepe shows up uh, on a boat, obviously from France to New Orleans. And, you know, of course, with any Pepe cartoon, when he shows up, you get over the over the top, you know, over exaggerated comedic reactions by those that encounter him. And what happens is the narrator tells Penelope Faberet, if you will, that not to give up, and her ship has come in. Because as soon as she says that, you know, Penelope Faberet turns her head in the direction of where the boat is that Pepe came off of. And it's just, you know, just overwhelmed with, with love. Just like overwhelmed with love and like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, kind of deal. Like, here she sees someone that's just like her. You know, just like her. And the moment she spots him, and you see this big old heart, heart rippling heart effect coming, you know, off her face and everything. You know, the moment she sees him, Pepe's walking off the boat, and he's walking towards her direction, and he just, as soon as he does that, he just notices her immediately. Like, he's just walking off, turn, you know, turns his head slightly, and it's like, hey, you know, your female skunk for the old, you know. And you have the narrator tell Penelope Fabret, go get him, you know, go get him, go to him. 
And so she's running, you have Penelope Fabret running towards Pepe, you have Pepe running towards her, and them coming together with a big old heart effect and everything. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, you know, I can guarantee you that you did not, you did not need the modern technology we have today back then. Okay? You did not need the modern technology we have today back then for what was what 64 years ago you did not need that technology then for to know that people in that audience at the theater when that short was on there as you know playing before the movie whatever movie it was playing before you cannot tell me when that moment happened on the big screen people were not applauding you can't, you can't tell me that. You can't tell me kids um, who are probably grandparents, great-grandparents now, uh, you can't tell me that kids at that age, age uh, back then, like I said, who are grandparents, great-grandparents now, you can't tell me that them, you can't tell me that their parents or even just regular adults and everything, you know, that still like going to movies and enjoying these little feature shorts and everything, you cannot tell me that they were not applauding. You cannot tell me they were not applauding. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you that for some of us that grew up on Pepe Le Pew, you know, in our generation, through, through um, broadcast of, the, of those theatrical shorts, excuse me there, of those theatrical shorts, you cannot tell me that people were not applauding. You know, in the theaters when it first aired, uh, when it was first shown back then, and even as we grew up, you cannot tell us that w- as we watched every Pepe Le Pew cartoon, you know, you cannot tell me right now that nobody was silently, if not, you know, openly applauding watching it on television. You cannot tell me that because they were. They were. And the reason I feel that happened back then when, the, when this uh, cartoon aired originally in the theaters and then as it got broadcast and reran uh, on television in the, years follow, in the years that followed, the reason I guarantee you people were clapping, people were happy, you know, you know, happy about that moment, excited about that moment, is because of the fact that every Pepe the Pew cartoon before then, you know, basically... It was just almost the same, uh, the same scenario to an extent, with a few changes here and there. Like once in a while, Pepe would have the, you know, the tables turned on him at the end. You know, he would have it turned on him at the end, but most of the, uh, but most of the time, it would kind of end in a way to where he's still pursuing her, where he has her, you know, lock, to where he has her chained up, you know, to him, leg to leg, kind of deal. You know, all these kind of things. It would basically, basically end similar, a little different and stuff, either pursuing or whatever, or him basically, you know, trapping her into, trapping her in an area kind of deal, and then putting out a do not disturbivoo sign or whatever. It would usually add in a similar, uh, end I should say, not add, but end in a very similar manner. You know, it would. It would end in a very similar manner. But here, though, here it was a little bit more different because you don't just, cause, okay, look, you do have Penelope running, right? But you don't have her, you know, being pursued by him like you would see in the other Pepe cartoons before and even after. You didn't see her being pursued in that manner. 
Instead, you had her basically wanting to be with him, but because of his stench, she could not be. She could not be with him. Like she wanted, it's like, here's the opportunity she's been waiting for. You know, here's someone she can actually relate to, um, if you will, but she can't be with him because of his stench. And throughout the cartoon, you know, throughout the cartoon, you have her at the behest of the narrator, you know, try to, you know, try to work around it, try to like tolerate it from either holding her breath, if you will, you know, holding her breath, or even going into a perfume shop thinking, okay, I can get this bottle of perfume and spray it on his tail, that'll get rid of the stench, and it doesn't. It's only when Pepe finds out, finally, why she's not around him. Why she, it's like, when, it's like, you know, basically like, when she's trying to give him a chance, trying to give him a shot, and then all of a sudden she takes off because she can't, she can't hold her breath that long. Or she can't tolerate the smell that long. You know, so, you know, so, so it's basically, it takes Pepe finding out why she's running off, why she's disappearing. You know, when it looks like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this thing. We're going to be together. And then suddenly she takes off. He finally finds out after everybody else is reacting the same way that, oh, it is him. You know, and even when he finds out, he's like, no, no, it couldn't be me. No, it couldn't be me. But as soon as he walks by a manhole that a mouse is coming out, the mouse basically goes, and falls back in the manhole. And that's when he realizes that it is him. But because he wants to be with her, you know, but because he wants to be with her, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he wants to be with her, you know, personally. He wants to basically you know, have a future with her, he decides, okay, I'm going to go to this deodorizing factory because he notices a deodorizing factory, you know, right in front of him. And he basically says, well, for her, I'm going to make myself dainty. And he goes into a vat room to get deodorized. Well, at the same time, Penelope Faberet, you know, you know, she's basically thinking of ending it. She basically has this rope tied to her waist, and it's tied to a rock, and she's going to basically toss it into the ocean and drown herself. Basically, it's like, you know, because basically she has this thought of, well, if I can't be, if I can't have somebody, you know, in this world with me, or can't have happiness with somebody, especially somebody that's, you know, like me because of what they are, you know, I can't be here. But it's only when the narrator says, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that because... Use the adjective, use that old adjective. Can't beat them, join them. And she points her basically in the, in the direction of a Limburger factory. And what does Penelope Faberet do? Just like Pepe is getting himself deodorized, getting his stench removed, she goes into the Limburger factory and gets her own stench to be so that she can be one with Pepe. Basically, they can both be skunks, if you will. And just when it looks like, you know, after they both come out of the factories and they see each other, you know, just when it looks like, okay, all is well, Pepe gets a whiff of her stench, her new stench, and he's like, he's like, so glad, I, oh, so glad, that you, uh, so, so glad, I, <laughs> and he just takes off, and he just goes like, oh, what a day. But you get the idea that as soon as she catches up to them, 
that's probably when her stench disappears and you know they're able to finally be together. Basically this the ending here kind of gives off the vibes in my opinion that they do end up together because her stench is not permanent. It's just like enough for her to kind of get an idea of how to tolerate his, not realizing that he's gotten rid of his for her. But overall, because of that, and just by the fact, just by the fact that this is one of the rare, if not the rarest times to where Penelope is not running away because of his stench or because of his advances. No. She's running away because of the fact that she can't be with him because of the stench. And it's only because, and it's only afterwards that she gets an understand and and what it is is that she's willing to go out of her way to to be with him, get rid of his stench, hold her breath, and even at the end get herself her own stench so she can have an understanding, a better understanding of, you know, who Pepe is and all that. Well, Pepe on the other hand, you know, he's not as pursue not he's not as pursuing, if you will. You know, he's not as pursuing, if you will, um, as before or even after. Instead, it's more along the lines of he's just happy to find someone right off the bat that wants to be with him. But he doesn't realize that the reason, you know, every time they try to be with him and then they take off, it's because of who he is. And once he does find out, he's willing to be like, you know what? You know, now I, you know, he's willing to be like, you know what? I get now why she wants to be, why she always runs off. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resolve that. And he does. But unfortunately, the karma is, she's like, well, you know, thanks to the narrator, she's like, you know, the narrator's telling her, look, you know, why don't you get a stench of your own? Why don't you go get a stench of your own so you can have a better understanding? Like, you'll be with, if you want to be with him, then be like him. See what it's like. And I think that's what happened. Well, not think what happened, but that's exactly what happens. She goes and gets her own stench through the Limburger factory. You know, to the Limburger factory. And you kind of get the impression that it's not a permanent stench, but it's just enough, like I mentioned, to where she can have an, a toler, have an understa- understanding and tolerization of what Pepe smell is. So basically, she can get used to it. Not knowing that he basically got rid of his so he can be with her while she's getting a stench to be with him. Overall, the cartoon, the short, is really adorable. It's really cute. And it is one of those moments to where, again, you don't even have to exist back then when this short came out. This short came out, ladies and gentlemen, 20 years before I was born. So when I was born in 1979, this short was 20 years old. It is now basically, it is now basically, ladies and gentlemen, you know, 20 years later, uh, not 20, but uh, 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 44 years later, it is 64 years old, going to be 65 next year. When I become 45, this short becomes 65. Uh, But anyway, anyway, the, the, the the thing I'm saying, honestly, is it... You know, it's one of those shorts to where you don't even have to be uh, alive back then to know there was massive applause in those theaters when the, when the moment of these two coming together happened. You, you know there had to be. And you know there were applause for everybody that grew up after that with the, sh- with the cartoon being re-ran on, on television and even put on VHS. 
That was applause at home. Kids were kids themselves that would watch it were applying. You know, everybody was cheering, and I guarantee you, people were cheering at home when this happened. Even nowadays, I guarantee you, with all the technology we have, those that grew up watching Pepe Le Pew cartoons, which they could still do technically through Boomerang, they could still do technically through Boomerang, I guarantee you, people that watch Pepe Le Pew cartoons, even currently, as soon as they got to this, as soon as they got to this, I guarantee you they applauded as well. They applauded on it. They were happy. They were cheering because they've been wanting this moment to happen. They've been wanting this moment to happen. And you know what? Again, I don't have to be around. I don't have to see social media reactions to know that those are the kind of things that happen. Because that moment is something that even nowadays, when you get these kind of moments in comic books or shows, period, you're happy about. You want to applaud about. Because you've been waiting for it to happen. You've been waiting for it to occur. And here, and here it does. Here it happens. But overall, if you have not seen Really Set yet, and even though I may have spoiled a lot of it, if you have not seen it yet, I do recommend, if you want a better idea, of what I and others that have reviewed and talked about it are, are saying, go and watch it. You can watch it on Boomerang, if you got Boomerang. If you have Max, I'm sure it has to be on Max. Or go to Daily Motion, I'm sure it's there. Or go to Vimo. Go to an outlet somewhere that has it. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will not regret watching it. Because you will understand why people consider it one of the best, if not the best Pepe Le Pew cartoon short of all time. But let me know what your thoughts are, guys. What did you think about Really Set when you first saw it? How did you feel about it? Comment below. Oh, live chat during the premiere. Like the video. You will get an audio version of this at P.W. Rosa's Discussions at all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. But most specifically, listen to it on Spotify. That helps me out a lot. But guys, give me your thoughts overall. I'd love to hear from each and every one of you. And until then, I am out.